It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. You can call into the show, 405-362-7128, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we will update you on the Oklahoma City Thunder coaching search. We're also going to dive in to some salary cap reports and what's been taking shape around the NBA as news continues to leak out here about the start of next season. One report got fans a bit nervous about what the offseason will, will hold for the Thunder, but I will try to settle everyone down a little bit uh, based on the new information. We're also going to take a look at some Reddit questions that I got on the Reddit mailbag, which you can still leave going to r slash thunder, finding the Locked on Thunder mailbag thread, and leaving questions below in there. We'll, we'll take in questions all throughout the week from Reddit. So I want to dive in first, though, to the Oklahoma City Thunder coaching search. And this has been one that's taken a long time. Obviously, you're one of the only teams allowed to coach right now. It's you in Houston. And the picture, though, seems to be getting a little bit more clear. As we're working towards a start date, we're working towards the NBA draft. We are within a month of the draft right now. Things are taking shape, I think. And I'll tell you why. Kenny Atkinson, who Keith Smith and I talked about on Friday's show as a good candidate for the Thunder, has now officially joined Ty Lue's coaching staff with the Clippers. So that takes him off the market. And we can all agree... That with him out of contention, that's one less name on the list. And we can also agree that Sam Presti doesn't want to go for a retread hire. He's never done that. And this team is not built for a retread hire. Someone who has been in the NBA before and has the staying power of Staya Stan Van Gundy. Of course, Van Gundy is off now with the Pelicans. But a retread hire, that's what I'm talking about now. We're talking about a retread hire. Say, as a coach that's been in the NBA, proven in the NBA. Sam Presti has always gone for, and with this roster, you have to go for, an upside coach to help you get through the rebuild and can try to relate to young players. And so if that's the parameters of which Sam Presti is looking for, and that's what the Thunder want is a high upside coach. So you're thinking now an assistant coach, or a college basketball coach, which is what they did with Billy Donovan, assistant coach is what they did with Scott Brooks, you're thinking they're going to go in that mold. Well, the college basketball season starts in like three weeks. We're less than a month away from tipping off the college season, and it would be a pretty poor time for 
a college coach to step away, even if it's to join the NBA ranks, it still is not a good look that you're in the middle of uh, of your practices right now. The NCAA is allowing you to practice. You're getting ready for your, your schedule. The schedules around the league are getting finalized this week, today, tomorrow, and the next day. You're getting set for your season. I think that it takes college coaches off the market. I think that I think that you really burn some bridges with ADs around the country that don't want to be stuck in the situation again to where you leave college on a bad note. And especially for someone like Jerry Stackhouse, who I love, uh, if Jerry Stackhouse left college without having proven anything in college, again, this would not be Billy Donovan leaving college, a two-time NBA champion, a two-time NCAA champion, back-to-back champion, a great resume at Florida, a great recruiter. He can take in a college job anytime he wants to, anywhere he wants to. If the Bulls don't work out for Donovan, he can have his pick of the litter of college coaching jobs. In fact, colleges would fire their their head coach for Donovan. Even if they didn't plan on firing him anyway, they'd still fire him to get Donovan in there. That's how respected Billy Donovan is at the college level. If Jerry Stackhouse or someone like him, who doesn't have a proven track record in college basketball, makes the leap to the NBA three weeks before the college season tips off without having proven anything in college, and then doesn't work out in the NBA and wants to go back to college, that's a tough sell for ADs. I've been in those rooms. That's a tough sell. That, that leaves a bad taste. So I think that college coaches are out. I think that it's too late to, to pick off your, your favorite college coach. And so that leaves assistant NBA coaches. That's kind of all that's left for Oklahoma City is assistant coaches within the NBA. I think all those things we can all agree on. And maybe you think it's crazy to think that college coaches are out of the market because you want to combat all of that with, well, at the end of the day, you'd understand a move from college to the NBA ranks, but you're still leaving an organization. And, and we can talk about shamaturism all we want to, but the bottom line is that's an organization. You're leaving them three weeks before they need a coach. It just wouldn't be a good look to me. I think that takes college coaches out of the market. So that leaves you with NBA assistant coaches. And, Let's talk about some of those top coaches right now. So I've got six of the top assistant coaches right now that could fit for the Thunder. Number one is who I've been saying all along, Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond, I think, is the best potential head coach that there is. Of the remaining names, she is number one with a bullet of high upside coaches that could be a long-term NBA head coach. That's not to say two through six won't work out or be good coaches or be even great NBA coaches. But she, to me feels like the safest bet on the board. Why would this make sense for Becky Hammond? There's no pressure to win right away. And as I said all along, this team wants to tank. The Thunder want to lose basketball games, but they're not going to do it the way the Sixers did. They're not going to do it the way most teams do and get blown out every single night. Shea, Dort, Baisley, you got to match contracts together to Chris Paul, so that means you're bringing on veterans. You're going to have a roster to where you lose a lot of games late, to where you're in it till the end. You're competitive. You're not getting blown out every single night. You're not playing Yogi Ferrell. You're not playing these, these bona fide scrubs. You're playing NBA-level talent that just needs some more pieces, and you get those through the draft, so you want to lose basketball games. That's it. And so you're not setting her up to get just absolutely crushed in every single game, her, at least her first year as a coach. You're just not. She's going to be in close situations and close games and be able to show she can coach. And then you can't hold the talent on the floor against her. She'll put them in good positions. They're just not going to be good enough to get over that hump. I love the Becky Hammond hire if it was made. So she's my number one top assistant coach. 
She also comes from the Spurs system, which benefits her and Will Hardy, a, a Spurs system which Sam Presti loves to pick from. He admires and loves that San Antonio organization, so I would not be shocked if we see someone from the Spurs organization like a Will Hardy, uh, and hopefully if he goes that route, though, it's a Becky Hammond. I, I don't want to see Will Hardy. If you're going to go Spurs, to me, you've got to go for Becky Hammond. If you want to stay with your Spurs connection, if you're Sam Presti, you have to go Becky Hammond. She's my number one, Will Hardy's number six. So we can just get those two out of the way. Obviously, no one knows a ton about Will Hardy. Everyone knows a lot more about Becky Hammond than Will Hardy. Uh, but it feels like Will Hardy would just be doing that thing. Well, oh, he stood next to Pop a couple times, so maybe he's going to be a good coach. Becky Hammond, we know, has the chops to potentially be a good coach. Number two for me on the top six list of assistants is Adrian Griffin. Of course, he has the Oklahoma City tie. He helped the Oklahoma City's young players develop, specifically uh, Jeremy Grant. He also coached alongside Nick Nurse in Toronto, and so he's gotten a lot of valuable experience. I'd love to see Adrian Griffin step into uh, a head coaching role somewhere, and why not Oklahoma City? Number three for me is Wes Unsell Jr. I think he's somebody who gets a ton of, of praise around the league. He's a respected assistant head coach. I personally... I'm going to admit my biases on the front end. I think that his dad was a fantastic coach and his dad's one of the smartest players to ever play the game. I think that that kind of translates over to Weston Soul Jr. a little bit. And I think that he has the makings of a good head coach. I think that he has the makings of what Ryan Saunders was supposed to be. And Ryan Saunders, no slash of head coach, but still he, he's trying to emulate Flip Saunders and just couldn't do it fully, obviously, because Flip Sanders is a, is a legend. But I think West Central Jr. has a chance to be a really good head coach. I like West Central Jr. a lot. Number four for me is Steven Salas, the, the Mavericks assistant. This guy has so much respect from around the league. And I think that the best way to encapsulate that is what Isaac Harris of Locked on Mavericks said a couple of days ago. And he mentioned going to cover these games, you see opposing players seek out Silas before the game starts and to give him props and to talk with him and pick his brain a little bit. And you see the respect players have for him and respect by players is going to be very important. When you're trying to develop young players, they have to respect their coach. They have to understand it and take his or her knowledge and teaching to heart and actually listen to them and follow them. It seems like Salas would have a big following around the league and he would be someone that players respect and listen to. So that's why he is that high on my list. Number four, number five for me is Vanderpool. To me, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't quite see it with Vanderpool. You know, everything I've read, it just sounds like people are vouching for him. So that's good. I mean, every smart person, every smart media mind and, and, and basketball mind vouches for Vanderpool saying he's going to be a great coach one day. So that is a huge plus. I just personally haven't seen it enough. I, I mean, I, I would be lying to you if I, if I tried to act as though I knew exactly what he would be. I, I know way more about Hammond, Griffin, Unsell Jr. I know way more about those guys. Salad. I know way more about all those guys than I do Vanderpool. But Vanderpool has a, has a good reputation around the league, which again is important. The reputation will be key. That's how you grab young people. And again, how much does he have the pull with young people? I'm not sure. So that to me is the list. Of course, number six, Will Hardy. I just, I think that Will Hardy, we're just doing that thing where he's next to pop. He, he doesn't even have people vouching for him. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you right now. Um, I think that Will Hardy is a name that's only in the conversation because aggregate sites looked at the Spurs coaching staff and just picked the name out of a hat. Totally honest with you. I have never heard this name from a respected media member. I've seen it on aggregation sites where you just look at the coaching staff and says, up, oh, well, Sam Presley likes the Spurs. He's on the Spurs staff. So Will Hardy, how about that? 
And that's not to say that Will Hardy can't be the higher. I think that, again, Presti loves to go on that Spurs route. And so if he goes that way, Will Hardy's right up there with Becky Hammond. But if you're going to go with the Spurs, you have to go with Becky Hammond, in my opinion. Will Hardy at number six, because it is a possibility. But I just think that there's so many better options than Will Hardy. But again, it's tough to know much about an assistant coach and how they'll translate to a head coaching role. Heck, it's tough to know coaches who have been head coaches for four or five years, how good or bad they are, but it is more fun to talk about it and speculate about uh, a coach and a coaching search. And this doesn't come around very often, especially for an organization like Oklahoma city who prides themselves on limiting the amount of times you do go through a coaching search. So that's why this search is so important because Sam Presti is not going to be a GM that just continues to run through coaches. So whoever he hires right now, is going to be your coach for four or five years, no matter what he wants to give them a long leash, they'll get a long leash. So that's why this hire is so important. And I know it's easy to sit back and say, look, we don't know much about these, these assistants. We don't know much about these coaches. That's why it's so important to me uh, and for the job I have to continue to read about these coaches and learn about them specifically because they're going to be around for a long time. This is not a stopgap hire, in my opinion, uh, as much as we thought it could be. It's just not to me because that's just not what Sam Presti operates as. That's not how this organization rolls. So I think that this hire is going to be very important. That's why you see the Thunder taking their time to make it. So one fit that I do see, though, I don't see Will Hardy, but I do see a fit with rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you probably still had dial-up internet. You might have had an Nokia phone. 20 years ago, maybe a Razor 20 years ago, a flip phone. You know, it was a mess, okay? Not that 2020 is not a mess, but 20 years ago, electronically, it was a mess. But you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts your car whatever need. That's right. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I don't have to know anything about cars. I don't. I can just go there, put my make, my model, my year into their database, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my car. It makes their website so easy to navigate. And let me tell you, otherwise, if they didn't have that feature for me, I would have no idea what car part to buy. I would be wasting so much money. It wouldn't even be funny. I just wouldn't know what would be compatible with my vehicle and what wouldn't be compatible with my vehicle. So, that is why Rockauto.com's website is so important to me. Tell them Lockdown sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box for their amazing selection. We're live below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com, Lockdown sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box. This is Jake from Lockdown. Lockdown has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. We're going to dive in now 
to the salary cap reports that have been coming out over the last few days. The first one came from Kirk Highland, and it got people scared, I'll admit. And the best way I can describe this report that came out on Sunday is it was a Sunday scary report because they tweet out that there is expected to be a decline between $3 million and $15 million in the salary cap. And why was that so scary to everyone? Because if you listen to Friday's show with Keith Smith and myself, you would know that, that everyone expects for the salary cap to stay the exact same. To stay at that $109 million, the cap is the same, maybe even the tax goes up, and, and teams are able to navigate this offseason the way they normally would. If you're changing that at all, it really impacts trades. It really impacts free agency. It really impacts the future of this offseason, which was looking so fun. And so especially if you drop that $15 million, the salary cap, it, it would be a mess. I would expect the cap to stay the same this year and next year. Bobby Marks of ESPN, their salary cap expert, was on the Low Post podcast. And he, he said that teams have been assured it's going to go no lower than $109 million. Last year's cap was $109.14 million. It's going to go no lower than that. And really, how will this all impact the NBA? I think they're still going to lose money this year. Of course, it will not be the amount of money they lost this year in the bubble and, and, and not playing up to 82 games. And all of that that went into that, the, the team's not making the bubble. Uh, the teams that got left out of the bubble, they didn't get to their 70-game plateau for the RSNs. All of that aside, I think that this upcoming year, 2020, 2021, you still lose money. And that's why it's so important for 2021, 2022 that season to be as normal as possible. That's why you're seeing the rush to start on Christmas Day. The salary cap will stay the same. No harm, no foul. The Sunday report just got everyone scared. That's all it was. That's a large range, you know, $3 million versus $15 million. It was a scary report because you think, oh, my God, does this mean that Chris Paul can't get moved? What is this, what is, what's all happening? It's okay. We're back on the normal thought process of the salary cap is going to be flat and stay at 109 for this year and probably next year as well. If the salary cap does shrink, though, if it comes out that we were all wrong and that report's right and it does shrink, it would probably make it more challenging to move Chris Paul. We'll still have to see, though, um, where that cap lands at because Oklahoma City is comfortable taking on long-term money. Look, I've said it for a long time. You're losing, after this upcoming season, you're losing your top five highest-paid players. You lose an Andre this year. Adams is on expiring deal. You're going to rework that deal if you don't see him walk or trade him. Dennis expiring deal. Chris Paul going to get moved. Um, Gallinari, of course, leaving in free agency this year. You're, you're losing your top five. You're going to be comfortable taking on long-term money because all of your players right now are in rookie, rookie contracts. I mean, Ferguson's still on that rookie deal. Shea, Diallo, Baisley. Dort's playing for absolutely nothing right now. You're going to be comfortable taking on long-term money, so that does provide more flexibility to trade Chris Paul, even if the cap does shrink. The question, though, is how much will it shrink? It doesn't look like it will shrink at all, so that is very positive. But if it does shrink, uh, that, then we have a different conversation around Chris Paul. So the teams right now, though, are lobbying for a higher luxury tax line, and that is interesting because it plays into the thunder, I think. Not that the Thunder are near the tax line, not that they will surpass the tax line, nothing like that. The Thunder are and should be under the tax. What's interesting for the Thunder, though, is for the Lakers. If this tax line gets moved up enough to where they can have the entire mid-level exception, then they head into the open market with the ability in a market where you don't see a ton of teams with cap space, you don't see a ton of teams with money to spend, and you don't see a lot of teams wanting to spend money long-term because they want to keep their options open for 2021 with Giannis and Paul George and Kawhi, etc. They can capitalize, the Lakers can, on this free agency market with that 
full mid-level exception and bring in a couple guys that can break up that exception, bring in a couple players. And why is that important for the Thunder? Because those players that want to join the Lakers for a ring-chasing opportunity, they will then make it easier in turn for the Lakers to pull the trigger on a Chris Paul trade. Because if if you don't have that full mid-level exception to supplement those players you're, you're missing out on, because again, the Chris Paul trade to LA would have to be a six-for-one deal. And that's a tough sell, even for as good as Chris Paul was this season. That's a tough sell for LA to lose out on six role players with a team that is strained for cash and handcuffed uh, with, with the salary cap numbers. So if they get that full mid-level exception back, it could see them getting put even sh- uh, further into the pursuit and stronger into the pursuit of Chris Paul this offseason. So that's something to watch for for the Thunder. Of course, moving the tax line shouldn't matter for the Thunder, but it will matter for teams trying to uh, go after Chris Paul, including the Lakers, who, who could really make things interesting if they get enough money to have the full mid-level exception. So that's something to keep an eye on. And also there was reports from our guy, Keith Smith, front of the show, but on the show a couple of times, including on Friday, which you should go back and listen to if you haven't already. So Keith Smith told us on Friday that he could, he could see an announcement of, of what's going to happen this season, a total announcement by Monday or Tuesday. Uh, and then, of course, the Woj article says, the latest that we'll hear the details is, is Friday on the 30th. So Keith Smith said that he's heard from teams today that they're getting frustrated without knowing any dates outside of the draft day. Because if we are starting on Christmas, which it seems like we are, Brian Winhorst uh, on the Hoop Collective podcast was outwardly saying this is going to happen. I mean, he was saying that there's not a lot of pushback from players, that if there is pushback from players, there's not much they can do. That it seems like, cross your fingers, NBA fans, it seems like Christmas Day is locked in. On or before Christmas is locked in. No later than Christmas, we're going to be playing basketball. So teams now only have a month to get their team in place. And this is a year in which we see a ton of opportunity for parity. Again, the only Western Conference team that looks at their roster current day and says they don't want to try for the postseason next year, is Oklahoma City. The Wolves just traded for D'Angelo Russell before the hiatus to pair with Carl Anthony Towns, and they have the number one overall pick this year. They want to try to make a push for the eighth seed, which does not sound like a ton to most fans, but for that organization to kind of get that foundation and to keep moving up the ladder of that rebuild, that's great for them. The Kings are desperate to get back to the postseason. What are they going to do? And then you get further and further up that list. Memphis still has aspirations after coming so close in the play-in. Portland barely made it last year. Golden State's going to bounce back. So I think that really you can add you know, San Antonio to that list of teams that's not going to want to win. But, but still, they're going to try to win. They just don't have enough talent. They just don't. They won't compete. So again, this season has a ton of parity. And so you're going to want to see teams make moves and make trades and sign fringe free agents that can maybe improve you in the margins and get you to where you want to go. And to only give them a month to do all that wouldn't be all that fair. So they would, they're would they wanting the, the information now so they can start moving forward. And the most important part in all of this is that Keith Smith said he has heard rumors from around the league that teams and free agents have already come to agreements. It's a handshake agreement. Look, we're going to sign you to this amount of money. Wait until you know this is all official and we can release it publicly. But it's already been done. And that is a step above tampering. But in this scenario, I can't blame the teams that did that. I just can't. If that is true and if there are teams who have openly 
you know, agreed to sign players and have had communications with agents and with players and all that, I cannot blame them one bit. You're put in a terrible position by all of this. This is the one time in which tampering doesn't frustrate me. Even as a fan of a small market team. And Keith Smith brought up an interesting point of, okay, agents and players also need this to happen right now. They need solutions sooner rather than later because the overseas market is done. Overseas teams like, like where Kevin Hervey went to Russia, all those high paying gigs for basketball players are gone now. They've had their off season. They've signed their rosters. And so they need to know what their next move is on the fringe periphery of free agency. And also of course the top guys as well. There's a lot of moving parts here. So in recap, the cap will stay the same, I think, at 109. Brian Winhorse says that the Christmas Day slate is on. It's going to happen, and that makes me really excited. And Keith Smith says that he thinks teams already have their free agency lined out, and even some cases have agreements with players lined out. And you could see players back out of that, just like you saw DeAndre Jordan back out of his Mavericks agreement the first time around. That, that can totally happen. Uh, but that's just an interesting note here moving forward. I also would expect, though, Quickly after Woj drops the article and quickly after Woj drops the news of whatever this season looks like, and it's totally officially official, that quickly after, like I'm talking minutes after, you find out exactly where Chris Paul's going and who's coming back to Oklahoma City. This is going to move really fast, folks, so buckle up and let's get ready. Coming up, I want to talk about a few Reddit questions that will we'll extend into tomorrow's show. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so we're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Let's continue on this episode by starting the Reddit mailbag. Most of these questions will be answered tomorrow, but we're going to answer one today and just remind you that you can leave questions in that mailbag by going to reddit.com r slash thunder and finding the Locked on Thunder mailbag thread. Leave your questions in there. We'll answer them all throughout the week, so just continue to pile in questions over there. You can also email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. You can also tweet at me at Rylan underscore styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. All of your Thunder questions and off-season questions. We're going to start this one uh, with Flyers Water, Water, something like that. They ask... Patty Mills in the 11th pick for the 25th pick and Dennis Schroeder. This is an interesting concept. And to be honest with you, I think that the Thunder say no. This draft class is weak at the top, but there's a ton of role players in this draft. I'm not kidding you whenever I grade out 60 players who could be a role player in the NBA. 60. And there's a few peripheral ones that even in the undrafted market, you could find yourself another Lou Dort. So to hop up to the 11th pick, it would take to me someone dramatic falling that Sam Presti just couldn't live without. And to trade 
one of your best assets in Dennis Schroeder? Because again, the assets for the future first round picks to me should be and are off the table. You're not trading future picks. So your assets to trade right now are Dennis, Chris Paul, a sign and trade with Gallinari, and then maybe the expiring contract of Steven Adams, which we'll talk about tomorrow. I don't see why you would move up to 11 unless something just dramatic happened like LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards or someone in the top three falls to 11 and Sam Presti just wants to make the deal happen. And if that's the case, I don't know why the Spurs would move out of 11 just for the benefit of adding Dennis Schroeder. Again, the Spurs are going to be one of the only teams that don't realistically view themselves as a playoff team. They can say what they want to publicly in this Western Conference, especially in a Western-only schedule. If we get to that point and you're only playing in the West, that team is not a playoff team. Not even close. Even with the even with the play-in tournament possibility, they're not a playoff team. They're, they're just not. So I don't see the upgrade for them. I don't really see the upgrade for the Thunder in the sense of, with Dennis, sure, you can trade him this offseason. You, you could. But if you believe in Dennis and you think that Dennis Schroeder is not just a flash in the pan, in the sense of, if you believe that his value is at a high point right now, which it is. I've been on record saying his value will never be higher than it is right now today. But if you believe in him and you think that these two years are indicative of who he is, more so than the years in Atlanta, then you can roll with him into next season and have him play along Shea and be your starting point guard for a rebuilding team. You still do not improve your win-loss total and you get to showcase him as a starting point guard throughout the, the first half of the season and then... God forbid, but, but we all know what's going to happen. Injuries happen, and teams realize that they have a hole at the point guard position, or they need some more bench scoring, or whatever the case may be. And then you can trade Dennis for more value, I think, than Patty Mills and the 11th pick in this class. Again, in general, the 11th pick is pretty, pretty good. You're totally right about that. But in this class, the difference between 11 and 25, in terms of the player you're going to get, not that big. It's It's negligible especially if you do your scouting the right way, which you have to trust Sam Presti will. If the Thunder move up, it'll be either just a catastrophic trade to where you just move all the way up and you just go for that damn thing, or it takes Denny or something like that falling to drastic portions of like Denny's available at number 11. You got to go get him. It'll take something like that. And again, giving up your top trade piece in Dennis Schroeder because we can all agree about the draft time. Chris Paul's probably gone, so then you're only left with Dennis Schroeder. Giving up Dennis Schroeder for Patty Mills, who I don't view as having a ton of trade value to flip him again at the deadline. In the 11th pick in a draft in which I think that you can get someone of that quality at 25, it doesn't do it for me, because I think that teams will get desperate. Again, parity is a great thing for the Thunder. Not that they're going to get involved in this, but it's a great thing for the Thunder that teams realistically think they have a shot. Literally, let's go through the teams in the West real quick who think that they can win a championship this year, who think that if things break their way, they can win a championship this year. Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Dallas, Denver. Houston is still going for it, and I don't know how they're going to view their roster with a new GM and new coach, but they're still going for it. Portland is still going for it. The, the Pelicans want to get in the mix. The Kings want to get in the mix. The Suns and Grizzlies want to get in the mix. Portland, of course, like we, like we said, they all want to get in the mix. But teams that can legitimately win a championship are the Warriors, the Mavericks, 
the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers. And in the Eastern Conference, you have the, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Bucks, and the Heat, if you want to throw them in there for their magical run in the bubble. When was the last time you could say that about an NBA season where you have that many teams realistically thinking they have an option and that they have a chance of winning a title? Last season was a good example. This season now, you, you add into that with the Warriors. With a healthy Warrior squad. That means teams are going to get desperate. Teams are going to get very, very desperate. At the deadline, then a shooter's value, as long as he plays up to what he did the last two seasons. And if you think that's a legit, then, then keeping him is not a bad deal because at the deadline, teams will need him. He's an expiring contract. Expiring contracts already have a ton of value. The Thunder openly will take on long-term money because, look, the Thunder are not going to sign a free agent in the 2021 class. The huge free agency market of 2021, they're out. They're not getting a big name. I hate to break it to you. That's the way small markets work. That's the way Oklahoma City works. You're not getting a big free agent, so you can have the benefit of, of giving up an expiring contract to allow that team to have more flexibility in their pursuit of Giannis or their pursuit of Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or whoever while you get long-term money, which means you double your assets for already an important player in Dennis Schroeder. Keeping Dennis Schroeder and not surrendering him for the, for Patty Mills in the 11th pick would be a, a great thing to me. If that's your best offer on draft night is Patty Mills in the 11th pick, get out of here. Say, hang up the phone immediately for Sam Presti. Because at that point, you might as well roll the dice. dice. Because even if there's a little bit of aggression from Dennis Schroeder, the expiring contract factor, and the fact that he's once proven before he can be a, a microwave scorer off the bench, that'll, that'll make him ride all the way uh, to some sort of asset at the deadline. But on tomorrow's show, we're going to continue to answer Reddit mailbag questions, including, should the Thunder trade Steven Adams? And does Steven Adams' trade value go up with the fact that Anthony Davis was playing the center position? We're also going to talk about, if you had the chance to be in the room, if you had a chance to be in the room where it happens, for one move in the Thunder's existence, one move, what would that be? One moment in Thunder history? If you had the chance to be in the room, what would it be? We're also going to talk about what player I would want the Thunder to draft the least and what player I'd want them to draft the most, and also second-round prospects. A lot happening on tomorrow's show. We might also start my NBA mock draft, and we could have some breaking news around the league. So a lot going to unpack tomorrow. This is Locked on Thunder, the only podcast every single day about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so be sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever it is you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be good. And be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on Locked On Thunder. Perfect ending to a historic day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.